Hallelujah. Amen. Come on, jam your hands together for the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the bright and the morning star. You can do better than that. He's the King Eternal Immortal, the Invincible and the Only Wise God. Give him honor and glory forever, ever, 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 ever. Worship him, worship him, worship him, worship him. There is none like him. There is none that can be compared to him. Hallelujah. Give him praise, somebody. Hallelujah. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Father, Lord, we ask that you take preeminence in this place. Do what only you can do. Father, Lord, destinies and lives are in the balance today. We ask that you bring about a shift in somebody's life. Let somebody's destiny take a leap for, for, forward in the name of Jesus. Turn disappointment into God appointments. Bring blessings to homes. I pray by your spirit. Where doors were shut, open them today in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. You may be seated in God's mighty presence, in God's favorite house. And then tell the next person to you, say, you, must, you are blessed to be sitting next to me. And then reply them and say, if you knew who you were sitting next to, you would take me out to lunch today. And tell the person, say, be mindful how you treat me. Because in the next few months, I may be paying your bills. Then I want you to look them eyeball to eyeball. Do like this. Say, you be careful how you treat me. Because in the next few years, you may be working for me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. It's a great privilege for me to be here this morning with you. Uh, I don't take, take the opportunity lightly at all. Like Pastor Femi said, you know, he's advanced. You know, uh, I too, I'm going to start doing that where I'm somewhere else and then I'm here as well. Amen. Uh, uh, that's one of the things I like about your pastor. He's on the cutting edge. He's always doing new things, always going. Let's appreciate Pastor Femi and Pastor Dan. Yeah. He's, I've known him for a few years. I've been to... This is my first time at God's favorite house, but I've ministered for him a number of times. And my church was the first church he ever ministered to. Uh, since he's been pastoring here, it'll be my, the very first church that he will visit to preach at in, um, ever. So say thank you. Uh, hallelujah. Amen. And it was when he came. And so this morning, I, when I started the first service, I, I took us on a journey um, called... 10 ways to know when God is speaking. I'm taking us in another direction this morning, but along the same line. Uh, but you are going to have the better piece of the cake. Amen. Amen. Uh, but you need to get the first message so that you, you are not in, 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 hanging in the air. Hallelujah. Uh, but I bring you greetings. I, you know, the Holy Spirit will not permit me to go forward without mentioning the most important person in the world to me. Uh, and that's uh, the person of my wife who... Uh, just flew in from London this morning, but she's resting. Would have loved to have been here. Like Pastor said, I'm married to one wife, but he didn't complete it. To one beautiful wife. Yeah. Who, has anybody here met my wife before? If you, if you met, put up your hand if you met my wife. Ah, the rest of you. You can't die yet. Because if you die and you're going to heaven, they will send you back. They say there's one more thing you need to do. You need to meet Pastor Shola's wife. After that, you can now die. <laughs> uh, like, like I said in the first service, they measure temperature in what? Centigrade. 
Uh -huh. They measure beauty. My wife's name is Bimbo. They me measure it in Bimbo grade. So if you think your wife is beautiful, maybe she's 75 degrees Bimbo grade. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. And so this morning, I'm going to be sharing with you a message that I think is critical to you as you enter into 2014. Tell somebody next to you, say 2013 was okay. But 2014 is going to be a great year for me. You better say it. It's a profession. Well, how many of you would like me to take me home with you today? Want me to come to your house tonight? You don't know. According to your faith, be it unto you. Put up your hand, though. Let me see. God bless you. I would love to, but my wife might not be happy with you. So there is a way we can do it. Uh, I've written many books and CDs. You can actually, if you want me to be in your bedroom tonight, at midnight, you can take my CD and be playing it. You will hear me. You also hear me laughing. <laughs> and uh, so I have many books here. The first, uh, I've written 10 books. Um, and like Pastor said, I'm still writing too. This is my fastest selling book. It's called The Little Things That Can Make a Big Difference in Your Marriage. At one time on Amazon.co.uk, he sold one book every other day. One book every other day. Can, you know, so uh, that's quite an interesting one. Um, I have another book called So Who Do You Really Think You Are? Ask somebody next to you, who do you really think you are? There's another one called Sex and Seduction Exposed. Do you know that two out of every three married men have had an affair outside of marriage? That's one to you. One to you, like that. <laughs> if you look straight, we think we're not looking at you. And the women are laughing. One out of every three women have had an affair out of marriage. If time permits me, I will tell you some shocking statistics during the message. And then uh, one of the, the book I, I more or less preached from in the first service is this, Keys to Unlocking Your Dreams and Destiny. Please get it. If you want to know how to hear God's voice, pick it up. It's, it's on that. And then what I'm going to be sharing from, actually I'm going to be sharing from these two on this service, uh, is 12 things you don't know that could be destroying you. This one is perhaps my, my greatest book I've ever written. Um, and uh, by God's grace, as you read it, there are 12 different things from death to disease to death, divorce, defilement, depression, dejection, divination. Um, and you will find that even Christians are not exempt. The enemy is out to take people out, but they will not find you. Amen. Then uh, I have a, a message here. It's got three CDs, uh, four CDs. Breaking curses and negative trends. I heard your pastor has been preaching on altars. There are negative altars that speak. And then there's this one. This one is even more powerful. It's called Breaking Free from Long-Standing Bondages and Covenants. Uh, powerful messages. Activating angelic assistance. And then there's one message that in London now, when we preached it, it was... It's, it was it's just something else. A destiny tampered is a destiny hindered. Tell somebody, a destiny tampered is a destiny hindered. And renegotiating your destiny and keys to liberating your destiny. I'm going to continue from there in this message today. And then the last CD pack is the battle for your marriage. Tell somebody next to you, say, you need to fight for your marriage. You do need to fight for it. No, don't fight in your marriage. Fight for it. And there are four messages there. Uh, I say, don't break up, make up. 
Then the second one is called agreeing to disagree. I talk about how my wife and I don't fight, but we have heated fellowship. <laughs> and I talk about that there are two styles of fighting. Okay, there's a, there's a last book called How to Become the Leader in Your Field. And then I say, um, how to lead, become a leader in your field. I don't have a lot of copies, so I don't think I'm going to be selling this today. No, no, no. I'll just give pastor a copy. And then uh, battle for your marriage. Yes, I talk about... Uh, how to fight like a Christian. And uh, I said there are two personalities in, a, in a, any marriage. One is a rhino, the other is a hedgehog. The rhino charges, the hedgehog retreats. Who do you think I am? And what do you think my wife is? Do you think I'm a rhino? All those who think I'm a rhino, put up your hand. All those who think I'm a hedgehog, put up your hand. All those who don't think, put up your hand. Because most people didn't put up their hand for anything. Okay, so... Uh, and then there's another message called How Fathers Shape Us and Are You sta- in a Starved or a Satisfying Marriage? Tell somebody next to you, say, Are you in a starved marriage or in a satisfying marriage? Uh, don't answer them, don't bother. Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 1 to 5, are you ready? And then we're going to look at Genesis chapter 11 as well. Ezekiel 33 and Genesis 11. It says, Again, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, speak to the children of your people and say to them, When I bring the sword upon the land. Everybody shout the word when. Yes. It doesn't say if. And the people of the land take a man from the territory, their territory and make him their watchman. When he sees the sword coming. Everybody say when. Yes. Upon the land. If he blows the trumpet. Can you see this time is if. Which means when is, it is definite, if is, you might miss it. And once the people, verse 4 says, Then whoever hears the sound of the trumpet and does not take warning, if the sword comes and takes him away, tell someone next to you, say, the sword will not take me away. His blood shall be on his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet, but did not take warning. His blood shall be upon himself. But he who takes one in will save his life. You will take one in in Jesus' name. Genesis 11, from verse 27 to 32, is a bit long-winded, but we will read it anyhow. It says, this is the genealogy of Terah. Terah begot Abram, Nahor, and Haran. Haran begot Lot, and Haran died. You will not die before your time. It says, Haran died before his father. Terah in his native land in the awe of the Chaldeans. Then Abram and Nahor took wives. The name of Abram's was, wife was Sarah, and the name of Nahor's wife, Milcah, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah, and the father of Iscah. But Sarah was barren. She had no children. Anybody here who they say is barren and has no children will begin to bear fruit. Amen. Uh, that amen needs some vitamin C. Come on. Uh-huh, more like it. It says, And Terah took his son, Abraham, and his grandson, Lot, the son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law, Sarah, his son, Abraham's wife, and they went out with them from the Ur of the Chaldeans to go to the land of Canaan. And they came to Haran and dwelt there. Tell somebody next to you, say, don't dwell at Haran. So, the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. Tell somebody next to you, say, don't die in Haran. 
And as we continue reading, he says, Now the Lord said to Abraham, like God is speaking to somebody this morning, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. Uh, somebody didn't say amen to that. He says, I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you. And in you, the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abraham departed as the Lord has spoken to him, and Lot went with him. Tell somebody next to you, say, when God speaks to you, don't take Lot with you. And Abraham was 75 years, and when he departed from Haran, then Abraham took Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his brothers, and all, uh, brother's son, and all his possession that they had gathered, and the people whom they had acquired in Haran, and they departed to go to the land of Canaan, so they came to the land of Canaan. You will get to your destination. Amen. Ah, I said that, amen, is too weak. You will get to your destination. Amen. amen. The title of my message is That Way Inclined. It's called The Power of Your Supernatural Destiny, or Dare to Live Supernaturally. The Power of Your Supernatural Destiny. Heavenly Father, we beckon unto you this morning that as your people are gathered here, that you will speak into their lives, speak into their destiny, empower weak hearts, strengthen those who are feeble in their knees, give them an energizer, a booster this morning so that they can fulfill their destiny. Good morning, everybody. This morning, I believe very strongly that as we come to the end of one year, and we begin to make a transition into the next year, it is important for us to understand certain things. First of all, that we must give thanks that God has preserved our lives from what? January up until December. But to also understand that, that there is an enemy that does not want you to get to your destination. Oftentimes you will find that, especially in this part of the world, this is the time in the year that the road is thirsty. This is the time that the enemy releases what you call bloodthirsty spirits because he doesn't want people to celebrate. He wants people to mourn in the time of celebration. You will not mourn in this season. But as we come to the end of a year and the beginning of another year, this is the time to also take stock and reflect that in the whole of the year 2013, did you live your life in alignment with what God said will happen for you? These are questions we need to ask. And as we begin to enter a new year, how will you live in the new year coming? Will you live a year from glory to glory? Or will you live a, a year that diminishes from strength to strength? I don't know about you, but I want to go from victory to victory. From glory to glory. From faith to faith. The Bible says that the path of a just man, it shines what? Brighter and what? Brighter. I see you shining brighter. Ah, no, no, that's too weak. I see you shining brighter. If you operated on 34 this year, you will operate on 64 next. You will operate in 100 for the next one. I see somebody entering into divine acceleration. Those who thought had overtaken you, you will take over next year. And so when we talk about the power of your supernatural destiny, it's important to understand what the meaning of destiny is. Everybody shout the word destiny. Destiny means something that is to happen or has happened to a particular person. Destiny has to do with what will happen to you. I believe your destiny in 2014 will be bright. Yeah. Ah, that amen needs some lucozade. Yeah. 
many has to do also with the predetermined or usually inevitable or irresistible course of events. I see somebody in this place is destined to be great. That amen has malaria. Come on, say Give that amen some chloroquine. Come on. (laughs) So when we speak concerning destiny, if I hold an apple seed in my hand, what do you see? If I ask you, what do you see? Everybody shout, what do you see? Ah, I won't tell them that's what you said. This is God's favorite house. People in God's favorite house have what you call prophetic foresight. So you know what? I will tell you this secretly. I'm giving you cronjet. Next time you are asked this question, if I say I have an apple seed in my hand, you say you see an apple tree. Because people in God's favorite house are strategic. Are you understanding what I'm saying? The Bible says that faith calls those things which be not as what though they are. So if I ask you now, what kind of person are, are you sitting next to? Or what kind of person are you? Say, I am a wealthy man. Ah, no, no. That amen has Kwashoko. Say, I am a wealthy man. Say, I am rich. Say, I am not an accident waiting to happen. I'm not an incident waiting to have a disaster. But I am destined for great things. I am rich, blessed, and highly favored. I am beautiful for my situation. That's your destiny. Does it make sense? The destiny of an apple seed is an apple tree. In fact, let me give you another cronje. Well, that's, this is for God's favorite house. For Trinity Chapel, which is where I pastor. If I show my people an apple seed, if they tell me apple tree, they fail the exam. For them, if I say, what do you see? They say, I see an apple orchard. A forest of apple trees. Why? Because we are strategic visionary people. Are you understanding what I'm saying? When God called Abraham, he said, he didn't see one man. He said, you are a great nation. Somebody here is going to be great. Somebody's children will be great. Your amen looks like it needs some encouragement. Come on, shout amen to that. But how many of you know that destiny is also the full expression of God's purpose in your life? Which essentially means that whatever, the Bible says that it is appointed for a man to live for 70 years. And if perchance God gives him grace, 80. So, I mean, the minimum of full expression is 80 years. You will live and not die. Ah, that amen. Need some glucose. Come on. It means that you will live to your full potential. You will live to your fullest grown age. You will live to... My father was 80 years old two Sundays ago. I shouldn't be short of that. Are you understanding what I'm saying? I mean, in terms of wealth, you should live to your full expression of your wealth. Ah, that amen is like a rat. It needs to be an elephant. <laughs> Hallelujah. You, you people are saying cockroach amens. Say amen like this, an elephant. Shout amen, somebody. <laughs> yes, that's what you call destiny. Destiny is from the word destination, which means the end of it. How many of you know that the end of a thing is better than the beginning thereof? 
your destiny will shine brighter and brighter. You will go from glory to glory. The Bible says that Isaac began to prosper. He continued prospering and until he became very prosperous. You will begin to prosper. You will continue prospering until you become very prosperous. The Bible says that the house of Saul grew weaker and weaker. While the house of David grew what? Stronger and stronger. I see your house growing stronger and stronger. That's your destiny. I say that is your destiny. But you know, if destiny is the full expression of something, yeah, it means that not everything that is predetermined or predestined becomes that thing. Let me explain to you. You will expect that all apple seeds will become an apple tree, but is that always the case? No. Those of you who eat uh, fruit or apple, or many of you know that those seeds don't end up anywhere. Some of you even chew the seeds. <laughs> but the point is this. I live in a place in London. Actually, it's not in London. It's outside of London. And we have farmland around my house. I don't own a farm, but I live near, around there. And many of the houses around there have apple trees. In fact, we used to have two apple trees and a plum tree. Okay? But now we have one. And what I find is that you know that saying that says the grass grows greener on the other side? Eh? I find it's true in my own garden. Because when I look from the window of my house, the back garden, my neighbor's apple trees has plenty apples. Red apples. Luscious apples. Sumptuous apples. Shiny apples. When you look at my own tree, only three. It's not a joke. It's very serious. And for the past three years, it's been like that. So like Jesus, I've won the apple tree. If you don't bear fruit next year, I will cut you down. <laughs> Disgracing me. And I'm anointed. <laughs> so, so, I mean, so in, in that instance, listen to this. We see two apple trees about 10 meters apart. One is bearing fruit, the other is not. That shows it is possible for two people to be in the same church. Ten seats apart. One bearing fruit, the other not bearing fruit. You will bear fruit in Jesus' name. What does that mean for you? Going back to the life of Abraham. Abraham and his father's journey to... to they, they, they left a place called uh, um, Ur of the Chaldeans. And they began to go to, towards a place called the land of Canaan. Now, Abraham's father was not a believer. But let me say something to you about destiny. Destiny does not really, is, how would I put it? God works out destiny in spite of whether you are following him or not. Does that make sense? Let me explain what I mean to you very quickly. My grandfather was a farmer. Oh, you thought he was an engineer. No, he was a farmer. And he comes from a hills from a place called Aramokoikiti. It's just next door to uh, a place called Paris. <laughs> From Aramako Ekiti. And, and my father was born there, but you see, destiny will have it that of so many children, about 20-something children, or 30 something, he was one of the few that was sent to school. So he went to school and then eventually ended up in a place called Lagos. Just by chance, somebody, he became an architect. Now, destiny moved him from Arak Mokoekiti 
from being a farmer to becoming an architect in Lagos. And then I was born in Lagos, grew up in Lagos, and long story short, of the five children of my father's destiny also took me to England. And then I've been in England for the last 19 years or so. Two of my children were born in England, and they think they are British. <laughs> I said they think so. One of them was misbehaving the other day. I said, why are you behaving like a bushman from Aramako? He said, I'm not from there. I said, where are you from? He said, I'm from England. I said, you're a joker. <laughs> but, but what am I trying to say to, to you? You see, uh, here we are. My grandfather doesn't know anything about it. But destiny has been pushing us somewhere. And in God's wisdom, in his own agenda, it is all of that, those three generations were such that maybe it was so that my two sons, Tony and Tola, can change the United Kingdom. Does that make sense? And so we see this man called Abraham. He's the son of a man called Terah. And destiny began to steer in him to begin to move from Ur of the Chaldeans to a place called the land of Canaan. Even though God did not speak to him. It was because he was carrying a man called Abraham. And God wanted Abraham to go in that direction. But as Terah and his family began to move, the Bible says the first son of Terah died. His name was called Haran. You will not die on the way to your destiny. In the family of Terah, there was something in that family that was like a limitation that they never got to their destination. Terah was the first son and Terah died. You will not die. But then, sorry, Haran was the first son and Haran died. Terah, their father, when he was going to that place called Ur of the Chaldeans, the promised land or the support, what became the promised land, the Bible says that Terah himself got to a place called Haran and did what? Died there. You will not die in Haran. You see, the word Haran means a parched place. It means a place of wasting. It's a cursed place. Everybody in some time in their lives will come to a place called Haran. But this is the reason why I'm preaching this message. That you will not die in Haran. Yeah. I say you will not die in Haran. Yeah. That's a cockroach amen. You will not die in Haran. Yeah. What is Haran? A number of years ago I heard this. This was said by Pastor Orishaja for himself. He came to England and he was preaching at a minister's meeting. And he was telling us, he said, you people who are in ministry, if you're going to go into ministry or even in life, you need to deal with some things. And he gave us a real scenario. He said that you know that in his family, nobody lived beyond the age of 40. That his father died before the age of 40, about 38 or so. His uncles died at 38. His own brothers, older brothers, died 37, 38. So when, as a pastor, he began to approach the age 37, 38, he started having dreams and visions of death. Now, many people will say, but old things are passed away. You see, when you see certain things coming, your theology, you will, you will look at it again. And so he began to pray. Thank God, obviously, he's still alive today. And just celebrated his 71st or 72nd birthday some time ago. Which means he broke that limitation or curse. Now, 
what I'm trying to say to you is that every family has some kind of Haran or the other. In the life of Abraham, it was this Haran. I mean, he made, you name a son called Haran, the son dies. On your way to your destination, you get to a place of, called Haran, and then you dwell there and you die there. God forbid. So Haran can be a person, Abraham's brother. And that, 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 the, the word Haran there means wasted life. Your life will not be wasted. Yeah. I say your life will not be wasted. Yeah. You will not die before your time. There's somebody here who the enemy has a, an assignment. I see it, a mark of death upon your life. That before December 30th, actually, it is December 30th that has been marked for you. I release the blood of Jesus. Yeah. I release angels on assignment yeah. to destroy that demonic assignment over your life. Yeah. You will cross over yeah. with no carryover. Haran yeah. could also be a place. That is the place that terror got to and wasted time. It's the place of delay. Some of you, you've gotten to Haran and you're wasting time in the same place. You're not going forward, not moving forward. No marriage, no breakthrough. You're coming out of Haran. Yeah. Number three, Haran is a period. Haran was a place where Abraham's grandson, Jacob, got to. And then he married Laban. One of, he went to work for Laban. And he worked for, for 14 years. To marry one wife. That's the place of wasted effort. Some of you, for the past so many years, you have been doing the same thing and you have been wasting your effort. You are coming out of Haran. Ah, I said that amen is like an ant. Shout hallelujah. Now, I want you to look. Can we look at something together? Let's look at the life of Abraham. When I say everybody has a Haran or so in their family. Let me show you something about generational patterns. Okay? Abraham, you know the story. He lied, isn't it? In fact, not once, twice. Now, his son Isaac was faced with the same thing a generation later. And he told the same lie. And you would have thought he went to lying school. But the lie was the same way and in the same kind of uh, agenda. The grandchild. How many of you know that with, with spiritual things, you go from glory to glory? If you're a liar, you'll be a glorified liar by the time you get to <laughs> When he got to Jacob, Jacob was not just a liar, he was a prolific liar. He was a 419er par excellence. And so you see that in terms of patterns, it always increases as you go along. Now, let me show you something else. Not only did they lie, each of them Married women that were barren. Now, I want you to look at this very closely. <laughs> Is it that they decided that they should look for barren women? No. What it is, it is either they had something in their family that made them choose barren women spiritually. Or the women were fruitful and when they married them, there's something in their family that made that woman barren. Do you know there are some families like that? Just last Sunday or last weekend, Uche was there. We had what we call a breakthrough night. By the grace of God, I have a prophetic grace upon my life. I picked up two sisters. And as they came out on the altar, as I was about to walk away, God showed me that there's something about 45 years in their family. And when I turned back, 
One of them said their father died at the age of 45 years. And I now said we need to pray for the husbands because there's something in their family that when women marry men, they don't pass 45. So you need to be careful who you get married to. And if you are married, you need to open your eyes to see the heranic patterns so that you can deal with it. Pastor, I know I shared with you and he said that there are altars that speak against our lives. And the way to silence it is by raising another altar to silence them. When you look at the life of Abraham, he married a woman called Sarah. And the Bible says, and she was barren. The son, Isaac, married a woman called Rebecca. The Bible says she was barren. And then the son, uh, Jacob, married a woman called Rachel. The Bible says she was what? Barren. You will no longer be barren. The one that actually confounds me the most I want you to look at this story very carefully. We are looking at a man called Abraham, isn't it? What did God say about Abraham? I will bless you. What? You will become a mighty nation. People will call you blessed. Blessed, blessed, blessed. And then he says, anybody who curses you, what? And we are seeing some things that don't look like blessings there. Which means it is possible to be blessed, but... Your blessing should push you to deal with certain things in your life so that you can be a full expression of God's destiny of blessings concerning your life. There's another one. And this, for me, is the most profound. There's something about people that come from Abraham's family line that says that the firstborn never do well. In fact, I thought it started with Abraham. No, it didn't. From the record we see in scripture, it starts from Abraham's father. His first son died. There, is, there are some families that if you look at the pattern, the first son either died or they are on drugs. Or there is something about them. They, the star of virtue never rests with them. It goes to the other people. Usually this is typical of families where the father or somebody was involved in the occult. Why? Because those altars usually demand something about the first son. If I show you the scriptures, you will see in the book of uh, Exodus, what was the whole thing about the first son dying? Do you remember? God said he will kill the firstborn. There is something about the firstborn. And so, if you look at it with me, are you ready? Yeah. Abraham's father, Terah, the first son, what's his name? Haran. He died. So we're not even talking about dysfunction here. What about Abraham's first son? What was Abraham's first son's name? Ishmael. Who did the blessing go to? First son, dysfunction. Should we go to the next generation? What was Isaac's first son's name? Esau. Who did he go to? Three generations. What's the name? Who was born next? Jacob. What was Jacob's first son's name? Reuben. Who did he go to? It even went further than that. I said, the lower down you go, the more prolific it is. The Bible says, Reuben, you are unstable as water, you shall not excel. It went to Judah. Judah was an adulterer. It went to the other guy. Simeon. Simeon killed somebody. He went to Levi. Levi to kill somebody until he went down to Joseph. That's four generations. Let's go down to the fifth generation. Who was... Joseph's firstborn, Manasseh. Who did he go to? Case closed. 
For time's sake, I will not go too much into this, but if you list, have you heard of the Kennedy family? They just celebrated 50 years of GFK's death. When you look at that family, you will see what I'm talking about. Kennedy's, the father of Kennedy, their first son, died in a plane crash. Kennedy himself, GFK, was the next son. Though their destiny was to become president, he died in the presidency. The next son was called uh, Robert. He died on his way to the presidency. The last son, Ted, had a car crash. He was supposed to die. The woman in the car died, and then he lost his leg to cancer. Their children all died of fatal accidents. Are you understanding what I'm saying? And so we see that there are some real patterns. But we see, when we look at scripture, that Abraham, as he began to walk with God, got to his destination. The Bible says that God said to Abraham, come out of your father's house and come out of your family and I will make of you a great nation. God said exactly the same thing to me. Is he okay? Am I allowed to preach here? Okay. How will I say? I'll be looking back. I want to, I like to come near people. Can I do that? Okay. You won't fall down? God said to uh, Abraham, come out of your father's house and I will make of you a great nation. When God wants to make you great, he will take you out of something. When I left the United Kingdom, I left Nigeria for the United Kingdom, I was on a British Airways flight 19 years ago. That's what God said to me, come out of your father's house. So I literally was physically coming out of my father's house. But three years ago, I was in San Francisco. I needed to put the slides up. So I can read it from here. Three years ago, I was in a, in a place called San Francisco, and God told me again, shall I come out of your father's house? And I said to him, but I'm out of my father's house. And he said, no. That it is possible for you to come out of something and that thing not come out of you. You see, in England, yeah, if you travel to England, there are some parts of England that you go to, London especially. When you go there, it's like mushing. So you are out of London, but you are, in, you are out of Nigeria, but you are in Nigeria. Why? Because you know what? Those people there, they came out of Nigeria, but Nigeria did not come out of them. So they are. It's all right. It's cool. So, are, are you getting what I'm saying? There are also communities where you go to and it's Ghanaians. And listen, the same principle. I know many young ladies who escape, want to escape the problems in their family, their family and they, they quickly marry. But then, they leave their father's house, but their father's house is still in them. And they, repli- they become like their mother in their father's house. I have many stories, but I don't have the time to talk about it. Exactly the same thing they were running away from. They become it in their father's house, in their husband's house. What I'm trying to say to you is this. God told Abraham, come out of your father's house. Abraham got to his destination. But unfortunately, 
he took a young man away from his father's house too, called Lot. And for as long as Lot was with him, he never got to his destination. Are you getting what I'm saying? There are some things you need to leave behind. My sister, I need to pray for you. There are some things we need to leave behind. Because when you take them along, they can abort your destiny. And Lot was one of them. Now, eventually, Abraham fulfilled his destiny, but Lot did not fulfill his destiny. Why? They were coming from the same house, but they had different perspective. Why? Because destiny is determined by your decisions. Does that make sense? That's why I said you can have two apple trees. <laughs> Ten meters apart. One becomes fully expressed. The other one doesn't. And you can have two people sitting in the same chair. Ten seats apart. One is bearing fruit. The other is not. Why? Decisions. You can have two people from the same family. I know many families. And it's only one that is prospering. The others are not. Why? Decisions. They are under the same family. Without the same genes. But the decisions... One made, made him go into full destiny with God, but the others remained in the place of Haran. You are coming out. Yeah. I want to show you very quickly the difference between Lot and Abraham. Can I do that? Lot, when I said the power of your supernatural destiny, Lot operated like a natural man. If you notice, it was Abraham God spoke to. The Lord said to Abraham, what? Come out. He didn't say to Lot. Lot just followed. But we see in Genesis 13, verse 10 to 12, it says, and they, they, I mean, God so prospered Abraham, and also because Lot was with Abraham, God was prospering Lot. So Lot thought, well, since I'm prospering, God is with me. No, sometimes you are prospering because you are following a godly man. And then you make the mistake that I want to go and start my own then you find out that God is not with you. Are you understanding what I'm saying? The Bible says that Abraham did not fight with Lot. He just said, look, I have God with me. You choose. If you go this way, I'll go this way. And the Bible says, and Lot lifted his eyes and saw all the plain of Jordan. Tell somebody next to you. Say, when God asks you to make a decision, don't lift up your eyes. He says he lifted up his eyes and saw all the plains of the Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Like the garden, it was well watered like the garden of the Lord. Everybody say, like. Like is not it. You may be like Pastor Shola, but you are not Pastor Shola. Unfortunately, a lot of people marry like. And then they end up with Sodom and Gomorrah. <laughs> All that glitters is not gold. Listen to this. Men don't be fooled by their mascara and their cascara. Their lips, their uh, hips and fingertips. Don't be fooled though. All that attachment. That's what it is, attachment. You see a woman, you think that that is her hair. All the women in this place, what you, are, what you have on your head is your hair. Somebody say amen. amen. I'm prophesying. It is your own because you paid for it fully. 
But interestingly, it came from Argentina or Brazil or Mafoluco, somewhere or the other. The point I'm trying to make is that the Bible says in verse 11, then Lord chose for himself. That's the problem. What I'm preaching with you, to you this morning, if you can get it, your 2014 will be your best year ever. The problem with people is that they choose for themselves. Hey, listen to this. I need to come down so that you can, you can, I can see you and you see me. Well. choose for themselves. I have a friend. We both were in university together in, in UI. We got born again about the same time. And this guy, in fact, he was more fervent than I was. He got saved before me. We used to pray together. We used to talk about our destiny, about what our ministries would be in 20 years' time. And as destiny we have it, we got to the United Kingdom around the same time. As destiny we have it further, we both became pastors for two notable denominations, although different. I got married first, then he was about to get married and told me to come around to visit him somewhere. And then I went to visit him and, I, and he introduced his fiance to me. He said, oh, that's the lady I'm going to get married to. When I saw the lady, fine girl, with some nice attachment, looking nice, but when I saw her, I saw her with the eyes of my spirit. She comes from a very notable family in Nigeria. Well-spoken, professional. But I knew that that was not his wife. But you know, when somebody, your friend tells you, God said, you can't see anything else. Especially when their heart is inside. To cut a long story short, this gentleman used to live near my house. Just up, like, you know. But I hardly used to see them. That's how London is. Anyway, one year later, I see him. I said, where is your wife? He said, ah, we're not living together again. Yeah? Separate. Another six months later, I said, he came to my house crying. Ah, what's happening? He brought out his laptop, his YouTube or Google. I saw his wife's picture. His wife used to be the praise and worship leader of the church. She was a good singer. But what he said, see what my wife is doing now. She is now sing, singing secular music. As in, and she has just produced one album, and if you saw the way she was looking on the album, half naked. <laughs> she was only wearing one quarter clothes. Yabo pastor. And he said, from what he said, he sees she's having an affair with the producer. To cut a long story short, they are divorced today and she has a child out of wedlock. You see, when you choose with your eyes, you will end up with Sodom and Gomorrah. On the other hand, when I was getting married, you see, my, 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 uh, uh, I lost my mom when I was seven years old. And so, when I was choosing a wife, <laughs> I was making mistakes because they say when a man chooses a wife, he looks for his mother and his wife. I didn't have a reference point. So I, I, you know, I got to a place like Isaac where God had to choose my wife for me. And a friend of mine, Pastor Paul Adivarasi, at the time, he said, Shola, you can't choose a wife for yourself. God will have to give you a Rebecca. 
like he did Isaac. When I met my wife, he introduced me to my wife. We're going out to lunch and uh, whatever, you know, kind of just seeing, getting to know each other. And one of, the, one, one of those days, all of a sudden, as I was having lunch with her, I just had this strong knowing that this woman was my wife. And I asked her, what's her middle, what's your middle name? And she said I should guess. Because her mother is Muslim, I said it must be a Muslim. I said it must be Shakira, she said no. She said, Mulika, she said no. Huh? You are Shakira? No. Then I said, Mulika, she said no. She said, is it Kudira? I said no. Then I said, it must be Kilirat. <laughs> And then she said, no, she said I should guess. I said, this time, as she was laughing, it was a word of knowledge. I said, your name is Rebecca. Wow. I wasn't asking her, I was telling her. And that was her name. And she was born on the same day that my mother died, the first of me. Whoa. <laughs> now, what am I trying to say to you? That Lot chose his own wife. Abraham, or like in my own case, God chose for me. And that's how destiny, when you are coming from, for everybody has Haran in their family. But the only way to break through Haran is by making choices that God made for you. Are you understanding what I'm saying? And so if we move on, you'll see that Abraham, if you keep looking at reading, Abraham, Lot was a natural man, but Abraham was a supernatural man. And then the Bible keeps saying, it says, and the Lord said to Abraham, can you see the difference? After Lot had separated from him. Do you know many of us, God will not speak to you unless your Lot goes. There are some people in this place. You are still hooking up to that boyfriend or that girlfriend. That's why you are not hearing anything. Some of you, you are still doing some 419 deals. That's why you are not hearing God. And the moment Lord goes, God will say, lift up your eyes now and see. I see somebody moving on to greater things. Yeah. Let's move on very quickly. For sake of time, I mean, I don't have a lot of time, I would have said, I know you guys just moved into this place and you're planning on buying here, isn't it? Let me see. Let, you bought it already. Eh, the money never complete. <laughs> this is by faith. Okay, let's enter by facts. I, you make it happen. You see, our judgment, we will not be judged according to what we did, but according to what we were called to do. Does that make sense? So, what am I trying to say? In terms of destiny, God has a predetermined destiny for all of us. It is our, it is our prerogative to find out what it is and do it. I believe it is in the destiny of this church to buy this place. I believe it is in the destiny of this church to own this place. You will own it. And as you own it, as a church, you will begin to own the things that God has destined for you. Yeah. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's how destiny works. But when we talk about destiny, a destiny can be supernaturally helped or supernaturally hindered. Does that make sense? You see, there's one prayer that they pray. If they prayed for you, hey, doko. if it's prayed by somebody in authority, say please, Cancel it. One authoritative prayer man, he sent this to somebody and he said, may the wind be against you. Ha! 
Do you know what that means? If the wind, have you ever seen somebody running against the wind? It means you're running and you're not moving. And it's moving you back. That means may all the spiritual forces in heaven, earth, and under the earth, may they hinder your destiny. That's not, that is the portion of your enemy. But a destiny can also be supernaturally helped. The man that walks with God will always get to his destination. Amen. Why? Because the wind will carry him there. Amen. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So some people the wind are against, and there are some people the wind helps them there. That's the destiny of, a, of an ego. It is wind assisted. That's your destiny. Amen. And let me tell you, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm trying to get this message somewhere and then bring it to where I'm going to. Uh, that's, that's, the, that's the main point. Okay? Now, another difference between Abraham and Lot. Go and look at scripture. Ab- Lot was just following Abraham everywhere. But he didn't do what Abraham did. What was the difference? Abraham was a man that built altars. But Lot never built anything. I know your pastor has been teaching altars, isn't it? I haven't listened to the message, but let me add my own to it. When you build altars... God will speak to you. Does that make sense? Your altars will speak for you. Now, the reason why some of you's lives are not going the way it should go is because you are not building altars that are speaking on your behalf. Meanwhile, your grandfather and your great-grandfather have, have built altars that are speaking into your life. That was what was happening to Lot. <laughs> The altars of terror and the other people from all of the challenges were speaking death into his life, speaking confusion into his life. But Abraham walked with God and he built altars at Bethel and God spoke to him. The altars that he, he, he built also spoke to his children. Do you remember that when, when Jacob slept, the Bible says, and the heavens were opened and angels ascended. Why? Because the father built altars. The angels were speaking to the grandson in his own generation. Some of you, some of us, let me put it this way. Because of what we have done, our children cannot go astray. As they are about to take the wrong turn, an angel will say, Better let your head be correct. Your father is a prayer warrior. This, you want to sm- smoke? The, th- the smoke will burn their hand. Go this way, my friend. <laughs> That's the father's altar speaking. Are you understanding what I'm saying? <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's move on very quickly. And this is where I'm, I'm coming to the close. and wrapping up the message. When you build an altar, listen to this. Or if you're going to make the right decisions and succeed, especially as we're coming into 2014, you need to operate on a certain dimension. I call it supernatural FM. Let me explain what I mean by that. I don't know if this happens in Lagos. If you are driving at um, peak time, like 5 o'clock and you're going home, there's traffic, isn't it? How do you know? How can you find out where not to take and where you should take? What's the name of the channel? 92.1. Tell me one. 92.3. Good one. FM. Inspiration. Everybody say 92.3. I'm not here to help them. They don't know me. They are not paying me. But the point is this. You can be driving. If you want to find out where to avoid hindrance, you turn to a channel. Shh, shh, shh. 
And when you tune in, don't take uh, so so the um, Kingsway Road or Aulora, there's traffic. Go the other way, isn't it? Good. In the same way, when you are traveling on the journey of life and in destiny, there's a channel you can tune on to where they tell you, don't take this way. Take this other way. If you take this way, you will be hindered at Haran. But if you take this way, you will break through. It's called 33.3 FM. Write it down. You think I'm joking? Write it down. I'm going to teach you. You can tune in there right today. You don't believe it? I will show you how to get there. Are you ready? Now, listen to this. In this place we are now, right here, do you know that inspiration is here now? Oh, oh, you know. Do you know NTA is here now? Do you know that BBC and Sky News are on here now? Oh, you know. Okay. Now, how come we are not seeing it? It is because we don't have the capacity. And we don't have, we are not tuned into it. But if we are, we will get that news. Listen to this. Right now, heaven is sending signals to you. But the reason why you are not picking up anything is because you are not tuned in. Hell is also sending signals. The reason why you are not uh, picking up is what? You are not tuned in. And how do you tune in? You go to 33.3 FM. Are you ready? There are two. On that 33.3 FM, there's positive news and there's negative news. The positive, if you turn your Bibles to Jeremiah 33.3, you will see it there. It says, (laughs) call upon me and I will answer and I will show you great and mighty things. That's your BBC news. God, how will 2014 be? Turn to 33.3 FM. And it will show you great and mighty things that you will, what you will experience in 2014. That's the positive. Everybody say great and mighty. Great and mighty. That's what Lot did not turn to. And so he used his head to choose his own. You will choose right. Yeah. I say you will choose right. If you want, it is not good to only know the positives that are happening. You also need to, have you noticed, please hear me. This is very important. Have you found that, they'll say, in the year 2000 and so, so, and so, this is the year of your greatest destiny, everybody will shout amen. This is your year of breakthrough. Every church has their own year of something. This is the year, you will live another two months into the year, somebody dies in the church. How far? This is the year of victory. This is, that one is the year of defeat for that one. I have come to find that it's not that they lied. But that the same way heaven is sending good news for people, hell is also sending bad news. So it's not enough to hear what they are saying in heaven. It is also important to hear the conversations from hell. <laughs> The Bible says that Job was not there when the Satan was asking permission. Jesus operated on those two. He said to Peter, Luke twenty-two thirty, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked for you that he may what? Sift you. I said, I must pray for you. 
Are you married? But you are married. Satan has asked for you what? So that, I, that he may sift you out. But I have what? He said, I pray for you. He said, but you pray for yourself too. Do you know Simon wasn't operating on that FM? He was sleeping. My brothers and sisters, there's something about to happen to somebody in 2014. You need to be awake to it. Ezekiel chapter 33.3 is the other channel. And what does it say? Please put it on screen. God bless you. Ezekiel 33.3. Can you put it on screen, please? Has Nepa taken light? Ezekiel 33.3 is the next slide. God bless you. And what does he say? Uh-uh. I bind every resisting spirit. Did you not jump? Eh? Power failure. Okay. You've seen it. It says, when he sees the sword coming upon the line, if he blows the trumpet and warns the people, the Bible says, I have set you as a watchman upon the... That when you see the sword coming, blow the trumpet. Which means the sword will come. Now listen to this. And this is where I'm closing the message. Put the next slide. Zechariah chapter 1, verse 17 says. Put it all there. It says again, proclaim saying, thus says the Lord of hosts. My cities shall again spell out through prosperity. The Lord will again come for Zion. And will again choose Jerusalem. This is the kind of thing we share, pastors share at watch night service. That God will bless you. God will increase you. God will break through for you. But then, after God showed him all of that, of what the next year will be, as he was coming down, he says, Then I raised my eyes and looked. And there were what? Four horns. He says, And these I said to the angel, who talked with me. What are these? He says, These are the horns that have come to scatter Judah, Israel, and Jerusalem. So that no man will lift up his head. What this means is that Zechariah saw the good things God was going to do for Jerusalem. But it's not enough to see the good thing. As he was coming down, he also saw the bad things. Because if you only see the good things, you will not be able to deal with the bad things. Does that make sense? 2013 holds two things for you. The great things God will do and the bad things the enemy wants to do to you. And if you don't deal with the bad things, guess what? You will not enjoy the good things. Let me end by telling you two or three stories. Can I do that? Number one story. In the church I pastor, there's a certain lady just a month ago or two months ago. As I was walking like this in the preaching, God spoke to me and said, I heard the word Elkanah. I said, is there anybody here? Elkanah means something to you. The lady was on the second or third row, like this lady. And she stood up. He said, Elkanah was my father's name, but he died some years ago. And as she stood forward and she came here, I heard God say, pray for her that so she doesn't end up like her father. And when I said that to her, she shouted. I was like, she said, ah, my father is dead, my mother is dead, and I am, but they had seven children, and six of them have died. 
and the sixth one just died two weeks ago. So she's the only one left from that lineage. You are there, Uche. The only one left. Now, how many of you know that that, that lady will know she had an encounter with God? Yes. Because she just buried her last brother. It's still fresh. And you come into a church and they, they pastor, that was her second time in church. The first time I, was, I went away to preach somewhere. First time of ever meeting me. There was another prophecy I gave her, but we leave that alone for now, for sake of time. Then, about two months ago, three months ago, actually, in April, we had an anointing service, and people were coming out one by one, and I was laying hands on them on, with, with oil. And as the Lord ministered to me, I pulled them aside. As this particular lady came, laid hands, and God told me to pray for her marriage. And then I said, where's your husband? She goes out, brings her husband. Very strange. How can people be coming out and the woman comes out by herself? Wouldn't you think they'll be sitting together and they will come? It's, it's actually just click now. This is the first time I've thought about it. She had to go behind to go and bring her husband. And he stood. As he was coming, I shouted. Because that morning while I was praying, I saw his picture. He's a member of my church, but our church is large enough so that I don't know everybody in the church. But I met him on one occasion. And I knew it was significant because when I saw him, I looked at him and said, Satan wants to take you out. We need to pray for you. He stood there and he was just smiling. To cut a long story short, I told them to see me after the service. They, they didn't see me. A month and a half later, a month and a half later, this guy had just turned 50 just opened up a new business, a restaurant, just built a house, a new house. They had not even lived in it. And he was going to open that restaurant. And he went out on his way there. He had a little accident with some... He didn't die. He came out and they were having arguments. You hit me, I hit you. And the guy punched him. He fell on the floor and he fell into coma. He didn't come out of the coma. He died. This year in our church is the year of victory. Somebody may say that, but it's the year of victory. That's defeat. Yes, it's the year of victory. That's what God said. What about what the enemy planned? Did God want that man to die? No. That's why he revealed it to somebody. Let me end with this. In the book, The Keys to Unlocking Your Dreams and Destiny, I talked about a story. There are many stories I talk about. There are real-life stories like the ones I'm talking about now. And in this story, I first wrote the book, the book, 12 Things You Don't Know That Could Be Destroying You. You talked about all these things about patterns. Abraham and then Kennedy and so many other ones and how to break patterns of death. When I first wrote that book on 12 Things, I now traveled to Los Angeles to meet a friend, a colleague that I went to school with, a lady, medical doctor. And then she looked at the book and she said, ah, I wish I told you this story before you wrote the book. I said, I'm writing another one. I'll put it in it. She said her husband was sleeping one night. And while he was sleeping, he was in the middle of this. He was obviously dreaming, shouting, sweating. And he was having turmoils in his dream. She was trying to wake him up. He didn't wake up. It was really until he finally woke up. When he woke up, he said, gasping. 
said, what happened? He said, I saw, who's watched Bruce, the Bruce Lee story before? There are some, there's one samurai warrior that appears to them with a sword, fighting them. And that guy appeared to him on his last film set. He died on a film set. Do you know that his son died 30 years later on a film set too? The same way. So it's obvious that there's this thing in their family that comes to fight them. He said, in his dream, there were many of these kind of people. And this particular one was fighting with him with a sword. And the place that she woke him up was when he was about to cut off his neck. The next morning, this, my friend, is a prayer warrior. The husband is a bit easy. She was, he said, let's pray. They began to pray. And as they were praying in the sitting room, the husband fell down. And she began to pray. Lay hands on him. Pray, pray. He didn't wake up. About 10 minutes later, he woke up. And said, you will not believe what happened. That when I slumped now, that I was taken to the exact place in the dream where he stopped yesterday. Where the guy was about to cut off my head. And then somebody just threw a sword to me. Into my hand. And I fought the thing and I cut off his own head. I write the, I write the full story in the book. And then, this guy I'm talking about is the son of a very famous man in this city, Lagos. In fact, they say his, his grandfather's name is one of the streets in Victoria Island. But that grandfather, or great-grandfather, grandfather, brought some of these esoteric orders, this occultic whatever, from abroad, and brought it here. A week exactly after, this boy I'm talking about is the first grandson of that man. A week later, the next grandson played polo, finished playing polo in Lagos, came up from the horse, was perfectly okay. As he landed on his feet, stood for a few seconds, slumped and he died. And he was buried on exactly the same day that his grandfather died. And they had a year festival. What am I trying to say? <laughs> they are swords. And God forbid, you don't know which time the sword will come. That's why the Bible says, I have placed watchmen on your walls, and you need to be a watchman. It says, watch and pray, that you may not fall. Let's stand up and pray. I didn't ask you to clap, so if you're going to clap, clap properly. Come, come, come forward. Can, we, can I pray for... Let's have some worshiping music, please. Awesome God, how great are you, are God, mighty are your me, rockles we stand. 
So if you are not married, if you are not married, okay, two things. It's for Bumi's marriage. Yes, Bumi's marriage. And something about the fruit of the womb. So you are the only Bumi that's not married. Huh? I can't hear you. You, know, you people don't speak up in this church. Janet. Janet, your sister. Uh-uh. The brother-in-law is Janet. Mother-in-law. No, don't worry. I've got the Janet. Thank you. God bless you. God will be with you. He will bless you. Bumi, are you married? Okay, just stand there, both of you. Hallelujah. This is Janet. Stretch out your hands towards them, please. Maranta site para sute ke paranto. Mete prato sute ke paranta ni. Eish. Calibrato soto balidre sitre. Zedika di badi soto se balidre sitre. Stretch out your hands. Pranto sute ke paranto sitre. Meribaroto sitre balidre. Calibrato sete prato sitre. Bakatanda libras. Mentre sotro calibras. Keribaronto sitre balidre. Mandre sitre sitre. I don't know if you sing this song here. Oh, Zana. quickly please if it was in our church i would do it more but i are you putting up what does it mean to you ma your son you give birth to him then that's his birthday where is he run and go and get him quickly you need to anoint him what whose birthday if it is your birthday run out please don't stand there <laughs> run 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 quickly please Quickly. If it is your marriage um, anniversary, run out to July 14. Come forward, please. Both of you. Let's stretch out our hands towards them. We're going to pray that you will marry well. And when you marry, you will have children on time. Lord, I pray. As you showed me Bumif before I came here, I pray that your hand will rest heavy upon their head. Do you have oil, anointing oil? I pray by your spirit, Father Lord, that that which the enemy spoke concerning their life, we silence that altar. We destroy it in the name of Jesus. We destroy it in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Does anybody around here have three children? 
three children. I, I see three children. And there's something. You know, I, I know I'm, I'm going somewhere for sake of time. Usually I really want to get into God's presence, but I'm, I'm, I'm cognizant of time. And the three children is two boys and one girl. Come forward. This person, the girl is the middle one. This person, the girl is the middle one. Let's request the oil. Hallelujah. I need to pray for this boy. Are you okay? He's having, he said he just told you he's having a day. And we need to pray for him. Come, let's bring him to the altar. I need the oil quickly, please. Madam, why do they bring the oil? Janet, I'm going to talk to you in, later on in your ear. Are you married? I see you look well to do, yeah? But I see the devourer in your life. You know how cockroaches operate? Where on the outside you see everything looks nice, but inside they've eaten their eating things. Now by the time you look at the bag, they've eaten into it. That's what I see concerning your life. Bring the oil, please, quickly. The power and the presence of God is here. I need that oil as soon as possible. Hallelujah. What? What? 14th of July. Stretch out your hands towards this young boy and this lady. Madam, where's the, where's the mother? We're going to pray for him. Huh? Yes. You, you need to take him to the doctor. But we're going to cover him right now. There's no oil. Stand and begin to pray. Man, Tarabaros. Lord, we protect him. We protect him. We cover him. Man, Terebaros. We destroy the plan of the enemy concerning his life. We release, we release angels to fight on his behalf. Thank you, Father Lord, for your protective hand. Rabarus, mentre balitre citre. Karabarus, mentre balitre mentre balitre citre. Zedibadas, I anoint this oil with your presence, O oh Lord. Cover it and sanctify it. Resitike de barus, mentre balitre. We break the hand of the enemy upon your life. We release healing virtue. The enemy, you will not take this one. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Go to your seat. Go take it. Mumika, I mean, Janet, come forward. I break the hand of the enemy upon your life. You foul spirit. You foul spirit of the devourer. I command you in the name of Jesus. Break your hold. I destroy your hand. I command you to let go of her life. Let go of our destiny. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Lord, we cover her with your protective hand. We say the enemy will not fight. I need to see you afterwards. Madam, I need to talk to you too afterwards. Come forward. Where's your husband? Doesn't he come to this church? He didn't come today. I want to pray for your marriage. Lord, I pray by your spirit. That you will strengthen this marriage. You will strengthen this marriage. I curse 
every root of the enemy that speaks against this household we destroyed by your spirit in Jesus mighty name we pray is there anybody else I called here yes the three and the middle one is the daughter middle one is the daughter the middle one is the daughter the middle one is the daughter How old is your daughter? 17. How old is your daughter? It's this one. Go. Thanks. I see a, I see a, a small, a young girl, like in primary school. Father Lord, I use him as a point of contact. He will not lose his daughter. We pray that in 2014, that child will be protected, will be preserved. Thank you, Father Lord. We thank you for every single person here present, that your protective hand will be upon them. Tune them to supernatural effort. Let them see the great things coming in their life. Let them also see when the enemy is bringing an attack. Help them to silence the altar speaking against them. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Give the Lord a powerful anchor. Hallelujah.